Hey, what's going on? It's Lilo Broncado, and you're listening to the Dork Dad Podcast. Hope you enjoy. God bless. What's up, dorks? Lucky here with a brand new episode, a special episode of the Dork Dad podcast. I had the opportunity to speak to a Mr. Lilo Brancato Jr. And you may have be wondering, where have I heard that name before? Well, if you grew up in the 90s or just like good movies, uh, you'll know him as C from the movie A Bronx Tale, uh, Benitez in the movie Renaissance Man. He's also been in Crimson Tide. He's been on The Sopranos. Um, Lilo was an up-and-coming superstar in Hollywood in the 90s. And like a lot of young stars i hate to say you know a cliche but uh, a lot of these young stars um start getting in trouble with drugs and whatnot and unfortunately he did fall down that same path but that's not what i really wanted to talk about if you don't know his story there's a awesome documentary called wasted talent uh wasted talent is a recurring theme or or is the theme really of uh, a Bronx tale. And the documentary is about uh, Lilo's story, how, you know, because of drugs and, and whatnot, he ended up in the wrong place at the wrong time and ended up going to jail and, you know, spent some time in prison. And he is out now. I think he spent eight years in, in jail. Uh, but he's been out. And, you know, trying to get his life back together, trying to, uh, you know, recovering addict and trying to spread the word and and just tell his story. And it like I said, I don't want to really get into detail, but you, if you check out the documentary, it's it's pretty awesome. So, yeah, I had the opportunity to talk to Lilo. So I feel very fortunate for that. And like I said, uh, I was um, nervous AF as they say on this one. Uh, this one took me a little bit out of my comfort zone because of his past and his history. And, you know, not that that matters. It shouldn't matter. But I just didn't want to say something wrong or, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm just the kind of person where I, I kind of think before I speak, or at least I have a million things running through my head before I actually speak. And I didn't want to say something that would either offend him or um, make him mad. But uh, he did say anything was on the table and he was open to talk about anything. So I had a good little chat. Got a little emotional for me, myself, just because personal things. Overall, I um, had a good time. So if you know his story or not, uh, love him or hate him, Lilo is a genuine person. Uh, he speaks from the heart. And he's just, he's just trying to... As hard as it is, he's trying to 
trying to make right what went wrong and doing what he can to help others that are struggling with the same demons that that he had. So you can uh, listen in on this special episode of the Dork Dad Podcast featuring Lilo Brancato Jr. What's up, hey, man? How you doing, brother? You, right? you hear me? Yeah, you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Where's it? Yeah, put it up. Okay. Hey, what's going on, bro? How's everything? What's up, man? Um, how you doing today? I'm all right. I'm all right. Where are you based out of? I'm in uh, San Antonio, Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. I know it was a 2 right? Yeah, 2 Count- Yeah, I recognize it. Countdown so City. Far. How's it? How is it out there right now? Uh, right now it's good, man. Um, but I'm saying as far as like you know, like the coronavirus and all that. Oh, we're um, I mean, we're almost looking normal. I mean, you got to wear a mask everywhere still, but uh, we got restaurants open, a lot of things open. I know that's not the same for a lot of other parts of the country, but uh, that's that's where we're at right now. New York is uh. New York is pretty good right now. We're like third, I mean, third in the whole country and the lowest, the lowest end. Like you said, we got restaurants, you know, that are open and they're getting more opened. We got, uh, you know, movie theaters are going to be open and soon. So everything's going, there's a few hot spots like in Brooklyn and stuff like that, uh-huh. but you know, they contained it. They locked it down. So seems to be okay. You know? Yeah, that's good. I mean, they're saying we're going to get a relapse, but hopefully uh, hopefully not, right? So I just want to start off saying I, I really appreciate uh, you taking time uh, to talk to me, you know. And uh, before before um, before you or when, when you agreed to do it, I was kind of going over my head on, on what to what to ask you. I know you've been through a lot uh, these past few years and I'm looking um. I'm looking at interviews, you know, on YouTube and whatnot, and I see the the same thing. Um, telling your story, are you tired of telling the same story over and over again? It's all right. It is what it is, you know. Cause something, you know, no, it's fine. Um, you know, but I really didn't want to get there because to me, it seems like uh, not that they're putting you down, but it's like everybody's everybody's just dragging you, dragging your name down, like. Oh, this guy messed up and this and that. And like, just talking about it over and over again. I didn't want to, I didn't want to do that with you here. I think, uh, my opinion, you know, you, you, you paid your time and, you know, there's people that think different and you, people are going to look at you that way. And, and that's just the way it's going to be. I think you're going to be paying, uh, unfortunately be paying for a long time, but uh, I, unfortunately, right. You know? 
Yeah, I don't I don't want to do that here. I want to talk more about um, you know, what are you getting into now? I mean, we can talk uh a little bit about some of the past movies and stuff. I know people will want to hear about that, but I'm really interested in what you're doing now. You know, what have you been up to? I I know you've been in a a couple of, of flicks. But but what is what is your main your main thing right now that you've been up to? Um, well, right now, the movie business has been dead since March. Right. Although I do have a few films coming out. I have three different films that I did. One's a short film, two feature films. Um, the short film is called I'm on Fire with Jamie Lynn Sigler from Sopranos. Plays my wife. Right. It's beautifully acted, beautifully shot, written. It's a short film. It's awesome. It's like awesome. You know, like, you know, like really tell like Academy Award type level. For like a short, it's that good. Nice. Um, I did a film called The Fury with my good friend and partner Victor Rios. Um, I produced that as well. I play a member of law enforcement in that. We're going right now. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I play a member of law enforcement in a film called The Fury. Um, it's about a vigilante killer. And then there's another one called uh, Made in Mexico. Mario Lopez produced my friend, uh, Tony, we called Tony, his name is Rodney Rinks. He wrote it, co-directed it. It's uh, I play like a Mexican, like a cartel Mexican, but it's a, it's got some humor to it. It's not, uh, you know, it's, very, it's got some serious stuff, but it's serious in a humorous way. So. Do you, uh, I know you, you know, for more of the dramatic stuff, but uh, do you prefer uh, that route? Uh the comedic route or lighthearted kind of stuff? Or are you, uh, or do you feel you're pigeonholed almost to do these kind of gangster? I types? do sometimes, but I could like, I'm, I'm a very, very funny guy. And uh, anyone who knows me knows that. Like I love like very funny guy. And I think that just because I've played a lot of those roles, like you said, I would, I wouldn't mind like getting into comedy. I just think it would be fun to do that you know, to challenge yourself, to get the timing right. Cause comedy's hard. People, you know, it's harder than anything else. I think. Yeah. That's what I hear. You know, yeah, it is. It definitely is. You talk about being a funny guy. Like people always talk a Bronx tale, right? Everybody loves that movie. It's a great movie. Um, it's up there with Goodfellas to me. I mean, it's a, it's a very close second. Um, but I like your funny character with, um, Benitez, man. I like, uh, renaissance man that to me that's one of my guilty players i, I love that movie man um you know that, that was a fun role for you like you said being funny how was uh how was that right i know you talk about bronx tale a lot but you know i don't know if i've ever heard you talk about um your experience on a uh, renaissance man um that was a great experience that was uh penny marshall directed right. that rest in peace um she was a very good very good person very talented very caring. I mean, she was, you know, she was great. You know, uh, my, you know, my father got to know her cause I was under 18. So he used to come with me and uh, she was like really respectful to my dad. She's really good, really, really good, beautiful person inside and out. And uh, that was a great experience. That's when I met Mark Wahlberg. You know, he was 22. I was 17. First time I ever went out in LA was with him. Uh, you know, you had Stacy Dash, you had Kadeem Hardison, Khalil Kane, Gregory Sporlater, DeVito was, you know, it was his his film. He started it. 
Um, it was cool. It was my first time really out in Hollywood. You know, it was because of that film. Yeah, that seemed like a whole bunch of rising stars in that film. You know, you mentioned Wahlberg and Kadeem Harrison. It just seemed like that was a, a more of a fun film. To me, it seemed like it would be a more fun film. Uh, I mean, on the set at least, right? Uh, compared to one of these more serious roles. Yeah, no, we definitely had uh, we definitely had a lot of fun. It was hard work though because we did actually go to boot camp, but we didn't do the whole 13 weeks. We did it in two weeks, but we still had to wake up every day, you know, in the morning and do PT in the hot, humid South Carolina mornings, dying, running and stuff like that. Five in the morning, so it was tough. We did we did have to work, and uh, but at the end of the day, I think the film was really good. So I think it was uh, it paid off. Yeah, what we did, all that hard work, you know. I think it's it's an underrated movie, but like I said, it's one of my guilty pleasures. I really enjoy that flick. And that was right after um that was right after Bronx Tale? Yeah. I mean we I had gotten the part for Renaissance Man before Bronx Tale even came out. We shot it, but I didn't it didn't come out yet. Oh, okay. So yeah. your so your name was already out there before uh Bronx Tale came out. Right. And and Penny Marshall knew Robert De Niro. They were really good friends. Robert De Niro showed her the Bronx Tale she, after I auditioned and she hired me in two seconds. She was like, I need this kid. Yeah, she hired me and gave me, gave me a great, great role in it as well. I think one of my uh, my favorite scenes in that, in that movie was your uh, St. Crispian speech. I mean, to me, uh, to me, that really stands out there with one of the, the great movies. I mean, I know you're acting, but you know it looked like you were you're struggling with trying to remember. I mean, was was that acting, or was that you know really how you were how you were trying to remember that speech? Oh, that was acting because believe me, I knew that speech inside out because I did it for so so long for so many months. It's not easy to learn all that. Obviously, there was a lot there, and. Uh, yeah, no, that was acting. Believe me, I could I could have done it from the from the end to the beginning and, and memorized it. I knew it so well by that point. You yeah. know, I love that scene. I, I just love the whole message of that that movie. You know, uh, you know these kids are being looked down upon, and but you guys rose to the occasion. You know, yeah. I think most of your movies have a great message, or most of the movies you've been part of have a good message. So I hear, too, that um, you do work with um, people that are trying to overcome addiction and whatnot. Can you talk a little bit about that? Of course. Um, I mean, that's probably the most important thing in the world that I do is, you know, use what I've been given, my experience, whatever film and television that I've done, you know, that can maybe help me influence people to, to take a certain path, whatever it is that works, you know, I use, um, but uh, yeah, I work for a, a, a company, uh, more life recovery in Jersey, in New Jersey. And, uh, you know, that's what we give you more choices so that you can have more life, you know, it's a drug rehab and we're very, you know, everyone there has had their own experience with drugs and, and addiction and, uh, you know, can speak firsthand about it and on it. And, uh, it's a wonderful group. And, uh, you know, we're, you know, 
really making a difference in, in, in the lives of many there. And not only do I limit myself to that, but I try to do as much as possible because it helps them and it helps me too. It helps me too because I feel good about doing that kind of stuff. So it's it's a it's a it's a win win for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, you know I enjoy your your little clips you put on um, social media, Instagram, uh, just talking about positive stuff, staying positive, never giving up. Because um, if if I speak a personal story, you know I have a brother that's uh, that's faced with addiction. He's taking heroin. I know he's OD'd at the house uh, a few times, and um, and you know I I feel helpless sometimes because I don't know how to help him. Um, my brother, he's a great kid. He's 15 years younger than I am. Um, he's a he's a good kid when he's when he's clean and sober. He's he's the sweetest guy, but when he's on the stuff, it's like, you know, he steals from my mom. Um, you know, it's even if he comes to my house, it's like I almost feel like I have to watch him, make sure he doesn't take anything. But but I I love him to death. He's my brother, and um, yeah, I just don't know how to help him sometimes. And I you talked about it before. You know, when when you're young. And people try to give you advice or tell you, hey, you know, get off that stuff. Or um, sometimes you don't listen. And, you know, I've tried talking to him before and he seems like he listens and then he gets sober for a while. And and then, uh, you know, he goes goes right back to it. Is is that something you see a lot where, um, you know, they'll get clean for a while and then go back in the, into it? And did, did you struggle with that yourself? Yeah, I think everyone does. I mean, that's. And, but you just hope to God that one day he does get it right. You know, sometimes tough love works, but everything you're talking about, I used to steal from my mother. I used to steal from my brother. My brother's a great guy, the best, just like you described your brother. I love him. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when we're fucked up like that, excuse my language, it doesn't yeah. matter who it is. We're going we're gonna to rob and steal, bro. I stole a cross with a chain, a cross that my brother had from Italy. Diamonds on it. He gave it to me the morning... I was going to rehab, gave me a kiss on my face and said, you know, gave me, wish me good luck and everything. I left the rehab in like two days and I sold it for a 20 piece of crack. Mm. So that's what happens, bro. It's very, very serious. I hope, you know, if you ever want, I would love to talk to your brother if he's willing to talk to me, because let me tell you something, man, this, sometimes it never goes away for some people. Right. Some people never figure it out and they die. That's what, that's the reality of it. It's very, very unforgiving. And it, you know, the main goal of it is to kill you. There's no other, there's no other goal than let me kill this person. Let me run inside this person, chew them up, spit them out and kill them. You know, that's what addiction is about. Yeah. Really. It's been a, it's been a few years now, but I thought something that would really open up my brother's eyes. We have a cousin uh, that OD'd and, and passed away. Um, another sweet guy, the nicest guy in the world, but you know, that, that stuff gets to you. And I really thought that would hit him because, you know, when we found out he passed away, it was somewhere in New England. He was, he was a roamer. He liked to, to travel, travel the country. And, uh, supposedly he OD'd on the street, you know, just, just left there on the street. And it's, it's a sad story. Um, you know, my cousin John rest in peace, but, uh, I really thought that would open his eyes. 
you know, my brother has also has two two daughters, which I thought, you know, once he's uh, becomes a father, I thought that would that would change him. Um, but it, it's sad. It's sad. Sad. It's scary. It's so many things. It's so many things. Like yeah, but you could have kids. You can do whatever. If you're not ready to stop, you're not going to stop. Yeah. Sometimes people are never ready. You know. Thank God I was. You know. Yeah, I feel, I feel for my nieces. You know, sometimes, you know, they're talking to me or, or my mom, and they're like, "My dad's in his room and he won't wake up," and it's, it's scary for the little ones to see, uh, see them like that. But um, yeah, man, if if we can talk after this, maybe we could just maybe send my brother a message or something. I, I need to get him straightened out. My pleasure, bro. Whatever I can do to help, it would be my pleasure. It would be my pleasure to try to help your brother. And hopefully, uh, hopefully, he was successful, and maybe he'll take a different path. You know. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping, man. That he, he's a good kid when he's sober. It's just, yeah. Um. Sorry, man. <laughs> uh, no, it's all right, brother. I understand. I know how it is. You don't think I see what my family went through? That's what it is. It's not only the person getting high, but it's everyone else around that person that loves them that is also affected. Addiction is like probably one of the worst things in the world. Yeah. You know? It's, just... it's a disease where, or whatever it is, I don't even want to label it a disease, but that's what they, you know, you know so often refer to it as. Uh, but it's something that's so so baffling how it you know like you get any other of these diseases god forbid like pancreatic cancer or something like there's really no coming back from that right. like addiction it's like you look at it on one side like there's no coming back from it but it's not like pancreatic cancer because pancreatic cancer that person who has that they can't just say one day i don't want to live like this i don't want to live with this disease anymore right or i want to like shut shut it off like but you can do that with addiction you can one day just say you know what i don't want to i don't want to live like this anymore and you just stop and so that's what that's what happened to me and then you just stop but that doesn't mean that it doesn't still lurk inside you it lurks inside it takes like if you drink liquor alcohol boom wakes it right up you'll have a serious problem you'll be right back where you left off and your body won't have the tolerance that it did, and you'll die within a, a few weeks. Is that something you feel you still struggle with? Like, if does it cross your mind? I don't think. I've been so, November 18th, I have 14 years clean, right? I've been so far removed from it. But when I look at it now, I almost laugh. Like, I can't believe how I let that stuff take over my life for whatever period of time that it did. Right. You know, I can't believe that. Um, but I don't, you know, like, I don't do, like, I don't drink. I don't do any, you know, so it's like, who knows? I mean, I know if I drank alcohol, I know it would change my whole mindset. The way I'm speaking to you right now about it and how I know if I, you know, I just, I laugh at, how did that move my life? I would never touch it. When I'm not drinking and I'm like this, 
I'll resist it from now till the end of time. But if I drink liquor, then my guard goes down and I won't resist it. And I'll go right back to where I was. And then, like I said, I'll be dead within, uh, within a few weeks, you know? So. Yeah. I'm glad to, I'm glad to see you're, you're doing better, man. That must've been a pretty rough. I know you talked about even, um, you know, we don't got to get into details, but you know, when you were in prison, you were, you were still using in prison. Um, I was getting morphine at church and I was getting heroin right, right next door to my cell block and another cell block. Um, I didn't get it whenever I wanted, but I was able to get it a few times a week consistently. And it was while you're in prison when you hit that switch and said no more. Well, I wasn't in prison yet. I was in jail. Okay. I was in Rikers Island being held for three years before I went to trial, but Rikers is bad. Uh, yeah, November 18th, 2006, I just, I got an attorney visit, my cousin Pat, my friend Corey, and I had, I had overdosed and had a dirty urine, so I got sent to the hole. They came to see me, and they were very disappointed in me. They couldn't believe how I was still doing drugs after all that had happened. So they threatened that if they kept, I kept kept it up, that they would, no one would be there for me anymore. And it really set in, and I just stopped. I just stopped, and uh, thank God I haven't I haven't looked back. So I'm really happy about that. I mean, it was toward the end. It was like really scary as to what you can turn into and how you lose self control a little bit more every single day, to the point where you're just like this helpless junkie, and all you live to do is get high, and it's just like your life is gone. Your soul is officially gone, and that's all you live for. And I reached that point. And if God didn't save me and, you know, uh, it would be, uh, you know, I would be dead. So. We're we're glad you're here, man. Thank you, bro. We can talk about, I know you said maybe, uh, you know, you don't have a good relationship with, with uh, Chaz or, um, or Mr. De Niro. He comes around or you've talked to him before. No, De Niro's cool. I mean, we get along. I saw what they were doing, the Irishman. Him and I have no bad blood whatsoever. I have nothing bad to say about him. I love the guy. He gave me the opportunity of a lifetime. And when I got in trouble, he never said a bad word about me, which was very greatly appreciated by myself and my family. Um, but Chaz, you know, he did choose to say some stuff about me and went public. That You know, he did shit enough said. But that's, I don't even want to get into that. But that is what it is. Hopefully in time that can repair itself. And if it doesn't, you know, maybe it's for the best. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but uh, It's unfortunate, you know, especially these times we live in, people make judgments maybe without knowing the whole story or, you know, they just believe in whatever they believe. But um, but getting back to um, uh, De Niro, is, do you, would you like to get back to that point where you were at before all this happened do you think um uh robert de niro would would do a, another film with you at one point have you even talked about that kind of stuff really but you know i mean that's not really I, I that doesn't really concern me i mean we did one already it's a great film uh people love it i mean at this point 
if that if it happens, it happens. I'd be greatly appreciative of it, of course, and I would love to work with them, but I don't really that's I mean, I got my health, I'm sober, I got my family, my nieces, my nephew. I mean, I'm you know, they've been given the ability to help others and help them overcome addiction. And there's so many other things that I'm doing with my life that I mean, if it happens, it happens, you know what I mean? But yeah. uh do do you feel that there uh, there is a blacklist in uh, in Hollywood when it comes to stuff like that, or um, or do you think it, it it doesn't really matter? You know, other people have turned around. Matters. Other people I mean, have turned listen, around. No, I don't think it matters, especially right now. That the, the world we live in right now, I don't think it's as big a deal as it was a few years ago. You know, Hollywood yeah. is mostly democratic and liberal, which. You know, I have no problem with, I have no problem with either side. This is a democracy. Right. You respect each other's views and it is what it is. Um, and you make the best with the hand that you're dealt either way, you know, but uh, no, I don't think, I don't no, I don't think not for something like that. I don't think I would, you know, blacklisted for something. I don't think for something like that, you know? Yeah. Can we talk about the documentary a little bit? Talk about whatever you want. <laughs> uh, wasted talent. Now you had a you had a part in in actually putting that out, correct? What do you mean? As far as um, uh, was it your idea or to do that? No, actually, it was not. I was just the subject. I didn't produce it or anything like that. It wasn't. I was approached by uh, my friend Noel Ashman and Stephen Stanulis, who was a former member of law enforcement. He was retired. Um, he had the money and he had the, the, law, the background, uh, the, the law enforcement background. So I said, wow, that, that would be interesting to tell the story that way. From, you know, from one side, the cop side and my side, you know what I mean? It was yeah. the perfect, you know, the perfect guy for it. Steve's a great guy. Still to this day, we're really good friends and love the guy. And uh, and yeah, we spoke about it. And he told me, listen, this is not going to be a puff piece where it's about you and I'm going to make you look like the best guy in the world. He says, because obviously there's someone dead here. And uh, I want to try to capture both sides. And I want to try to tell it as fair and unbiased as possible. And I was, I was, I was all for it. I was all for it. Did you feel it was maybe necessary or you... Or you you felt you had to get your story out because of how other people felt? It wasn't so much about how other people felt because I don't really care about that shit. I really don't. Hmm. Um, it's more about hopefully when it comes out, it can touch somebody or change someone's life to where someone struggling may look at that and say, wow, I can't believe where that kid was making these big movies and working with the best in Hollywood. And then because of addiction, he just like totally lost control of his life. And, you know, someone got killed and he went to jail, but now he's better again. And he's showing us that there's hope and that there's life after addiction. That's what I want people to get from it. Not, oh, well, based on what I saw, Lilo didn't do it. Or based on what I saw, Lilo didn't do it. That's, uh, you know, I mean, the facts in the case are the facts in the case. I know what they are, you know, um, that, you know, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, a, a, a heroic police officer lost his life. Yeah, that's something that I live with. I wish I could change that, but I can't. And there's, you know, not a day that goes by 
that I don't at least think about that at least once. But, you know, I look at him like he was my angel and he helped me get to where I am. And now I got to use that to do good and to touch other people's lives with, with positivity and inspiration and to help, you know, maybe them overcome whatever demons that they're dealing with in their lives currently to say, well, why? Look at this guy. He, he overcame it. And people, you know, it's not what you tell people. It's what you show them. Right. So when you show them you're doing it, right. and this is a big reason why I work out like I do when I pose these pictures of working out and shirt off, because you're not telling people, you're showing them what recovery and sobriety is. Like, here it is, you know, like do it all the time. But I'm saying once in a while, like, I know that's the way I am. People could tell me whatever, but when I see it, okay, now I know what you're saying, you know? Yeah. It, I can't imagine it's it's an easy road. Um, no matter who you are, you know, if you're an actor, celebrity, or your average Joe, it's it's got to be a rough road. And I know you talked about um, seeing a, a therapist uh, as a young kid and, you know, as you're trying to get through your addiction. Do you think for people out there struggling that that is uh, a big part of it or does that help talking talking it out with someone like that? I mean, hey, it can never hurt. You know, maybe there's something uh, that you're missing, maybe something that you're not seeing in yourself. And then maybe by sharing your current experience or why you're feeling a certain way with someone else and why it's happening, maybe if you analyze it and break it down, someone else could see something different and say, well, hey, this is why you're doing this. Because you did it the last time when you did this. And then you went and did this because of that, you know? Yeah. And then like, you know, then you could say, oh, wow, maybe that person, you know, maybe he's right. Or maybe she's right. Maybe this is what I need to do. And then you make that little change next time. And you don't do it again. So, yeah, absolutely. That can definitely. Maybe we can talk about a Bronx, Bronx tale a little bit. Sure. I know you've said the story bunches of times, you know, you're on Jones beach. Um, when you heard about the movie and this and that. Can you talk about just um, what that whole experience felt like, you know, as essentially a nobody, right? Um, it's pretty much a Cinderella story, right? Coming out. Well, less. I mean, it was an open call audition. I heard about it throughout, you know, where I lived. Um, kids were going to audition. And then they found me. They found me on the beach July 5th, 1992. I went in to read. They loved what I did. They put me on tape. Kept getting called back. Eventually, I met De Niro. And then maybe within a month or so, I had the part. Um, it was very, very, it was like surreal to be standing next to Robert De Niro and doing what we did and accomplish what we accomplished with that film. Chaz Terry, you know, it was his story, uh, he says. And uh, so, I mean, it was great. And to this day. I mean, the, the film lives on to this day. I think it's almost bigger now than it was just because of the, me you know, the, the film transcends time. The messages, those, all the messages in the film would apply to any kid that age right now. Interracial dating, how it was forbidden back then. Like now it's like, it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's popular. It's very prevalent in society. 
So it's like the film is loved. People love it. And I'm, I'm so honored and so grateful to be, to have been part of something so, so special and that special, like a Bronx tale. Yeah. That's what, that's what I was going to mention. There's so many lessons in there that, that we can, you know, still apply today. Same things are happening, which is crazy when you think about it. But, uh, Absolutely right, bro. It's like, and it's going to be 2003. It's going to be 30 years. I mean, 2023, be 30 years old, man. Film's going to be 30 years old. It's crazy. That is crazy. You know? You know? They say we get older, we get wiser, though, right? Right. That's right. We, got, we, we're supposed to. We're supposed to get wiser. <laughs> some, some people don't, man. You know? Yeah. Some people don't. I hopefully feel I'm getting wiser in my old age. I think we're pretty close. I think you got a year on me, but uh, see, are you good on time or? Yeah, I'm good with it. But yeah. I like, I like all the stuff you put out, man. Very inspirational. It moves me. Um, it motivates me to try to do better every day. So my podcast is, is, Normally a pop culture podcast. I talk about movies and TV and whatnot. I talk about my kids. Are you a big movie buff? If we talk about get rid of all this serious stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, I love movies. Right. You um you ever into like comics as a kid or anything like that? Not really. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them. I just myself never got into them. You know? I hear you. I hear you. I see your stuff in the back. I yeah. see the Batman. Batman, all kinds of stuff, man. So let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. What version, what 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 Joker did you like better? Heath Ledger or or Joaquin Phoenix? <laughs> you gotta put me on the spot, man. Uh I really dig Joaquin, man. Um don't get me wrong, Ledger was, was awesome. Was Ledger a little more accurate to the comic book? Um, I think they both weren't, but um, but that that that's the joy. That's the joy of different people, different actors putting their different spin on it. Um, to me, it's all good because it's we we're getting to see that that actor's portrayal. You know what I mean? And I I enjoy all of it. You know, I got nothing bad to say about anything. Any of the jokers, even Jared Leto. I don't know if you've seen that. <laughs> um, Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah, no. So I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I do end, usually end the show um, with something I call Dork Dad Questions. It's just just some random questions. Um, no right or wrong answer, just trying to be fun. So if you're all right with that, you want to go to these questions. Oh, brother, whatever, whatever, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll start off number one, um, which I've been starting them all off like this, but Star Wars or Marvel? Probably Marvel. Really? Yeah. All right. I was never a big Star Wars guy. I, I'm not really Marvel either, but <clears throat> I would say Star Wars. I mean Marvel over Star Wars. Not to get back to... Um, um, the bad stuff, but uh, were you able to see uh, movies while you were um, 
Like Marvel movies. Absolutely. We watched a million movies. My favorite movie that I watched while I was away was uh, The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke. Phenomenal, phenomenal film. Yes. Phenomenal film. Let's see. All right. Go with number two here. New York style or Chicago style pizza? I mean, I got to go with the New York style just because I'm from here, but Chicago style is very good also. But here in New York, you know, we got a lot of places that are famous for the thin crust. I'd rather the thin crust than the deep dish. I got you. Any day of the week. Any day of the week, you know. It's a classic, right? Let's see. Number three. Well, you say you weren't that into comic books, but let's say um, you could be any any comic book character, villain or hero. Who do you think uh, you would want to be? Or let's say you were doing a movie, given the opportunity to do a movie, uh, to play in a superhero movie. Who would you want to play? I don't know much, but I mean, the Joker would be cool to play. I've seen a play. I mean, I don't. I, I don't really. Maybe I. I don't know. I don't. I don't really know. I can't even <laughs> say Batman. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Would you would you take the opportunity though if you were asked to be in, in one of those movies? Yeah, why not? Absolutely. All right. Maybe Absolutely. maybe that'll happen one day, man. Yeah, that would be actually be cool. I would I mean, are you kidding me? That would be great. Great uh My nephew loves that stuff. I remember uh when he saw Avengers, the last one, he was a little sad at the outcome of the film. I don't want to give it away for anyone who hasn't seen it. But he was only like six, seven years old, and uh, he was really affected. You know, and I, I said, wow, this film must have been really well made. You know? Yeah. And my nephew was literally almost in tears. He was very sad at the outcome of the film. That's that's the effect now. I mean, comic book movies are, are the cool thing now. They weren't when uh, we were we were kids, I guess. Um, let's see. Question number four, as someone from New York, right? Me, I, I've never been to New York. My son has. Uh, he went on a school trip. They went to New York City. I didn't get a chance to go, but let's say someone is visiting New York for the first time. Where was? Where is somewhere you would tell them to go? You know, not all the touristy stuff. Where's the? Where would you tell them to go um, that, that's a must-see when they go to New York? I mean, I wouldn't say one specific spot, but I would say try to get out and see all the different boroughs. <clears throat> because when people think New York City, they think, you know, Manhattan with the skyline. That's yeah. not, I mean, that's one part of New York. But then when you go to like Brooklyn, the Bronx, Queens, Staten Island, you know, uh, it's a whole different world than Manhattan. So you can't, that's what I say. If you go, try to go to all the boroughs and see what New York's really about because Manhattan and the city part of it is only one aspect of New York and one, you know what I mean? Yeah. So was there like a go-to spot that, that you used to like to go to though? Like um, maybe a favorite Such restaurant? A big city. There's so many, huh? Maybe like a favorite restaurant or like. There's Cipriani's. I mean, you got Joe's on bleaker pizzeria, John's on bleaker. Uh, there's so many. I mean, 
the city changes. I mean, there's so like restaurants that are here today, a year from now won't be there in two years. That won't, won't be, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's just so, um, but don't forget I was away for all those years and then I was on parole. So I couldn't really go to the city without permission. So I wasn't able to go all the time. So, um, you know, the city's changed, you know, but I do love Manhattan. It's nothing like it. Like on a, you know, when it's a crowded night, beautiful weather, it's electric. It's the best city in the world. No doubt. There's no doubt in my mind. I've been to a lot of cities. There's nothing that can compare to that. You know, I hear Tokyo, Japan's amazing, but I've never been there. So I can't really say, you know? Yeah. So you wouldn't, so you wouldn't want to live on a farm, man, right? You're a city guy. One or number five, sorry. One's got to go, right? Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. One's got to go. Twitter. Twitter. I still don't know how to use that. <laughs> yeah. Twitter. All right, number six. You say you work out all the time. Is there a, a specific song or jam or what kind of music you like to work out to? No, not, nothing specific. It just depends. All different, like some current stuff, some older stuff. It all depends on what I'm in the mood for. You know, at that time, yeah. All right, we talked a little bit about Batman. You familiar with all the Batman movies? Pretty familiar. Who Who do you think was the best Batman? I think Bale. I think Christian Bale. You? Christian Bale, all right. Uh, I'm still Michael Keaton, just because, you know, he's the OG. Okay, Keaton was good, too. Yeah. You know, I think, I mean, they were all all right, but those guys... Those two may have been the best ones. I feel you. So you don't like uh, Ben Affleck? I didn't see that one. No? I didn't see it, so, yeah. All right. Let's see, number eight. You're familiar with the Rat Pack, right? Of course, yeah. All right. Sammy Davis Jr., you know, Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra. If you had your own Rat, rat Pack, who who would be part of your Rat Pack? You have a close close group of friends or anything that, that you would say would be part of your crew? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd probably meet my brother, my cousin Mario, and maybe, uh, I don't know, because we grew up together. He's, I'm a bold old, I'm, I'm here 76. My brother's born in 77, Mario 78. So nice. it's like, yeah, us maybe, maybe one less. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. See, number nine, is there a, throughout your career, is there a specific scene that uh, maybe is your favorite? Uh, probably maybe the scene in Sopranos when I get killed. Really? For me, that's one of my favorites just because of what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you ever feel that way through all this mess? About, uh, about just, you know. It being over, I don't want to say, you know, thoughts of suicide, but I mean, do you ever feel like, hey, you know, maybe I'm done with all this mess? What now in my life? Even back then. No, never. I'm too strong minded for that. I would never do some shit like that. Kill myself for what? No, that's nothing, something that would never cross my mind. I mean, I don't want to say I'm strong minded. 
and that maybe someone who would do that is not, is not strong mind. I'm not trying to put someone down, but knowing that I do have that quality, it would help me to not do that, no matter how bad it got. You know, so. Yeah. All right. Instead of a last question, I just wanted to say if you have anything else to say, any other words of inspiration or just um, some, something to close out the show. Um, I mean, I did speak about, you know, I work at More Life Recovery, director of public relations there. And, uh, you know, how important it is what I do over there. You know, um, just having that opportunity, my good friend, Steve and Joe and taking, you know, giving me this responsibility uh, to like, along with them, you know, try to make the difference and a difference in the lives of others. It's like such a beautiful thing. And, uh, you know, I'd just like to say thank you to those guys. Um, but, you know, Hopefully this, uh, this pandemic, you know, at this point, we, if you have your health and you have some hope right now, and, and I, I, I posted an inspirational video about this. If you have your health and your hope right now, you have a lot more than a lot of people, you know, people talking about like what they, Oh, I don't got this. I don't this. Well, listen right now in this, in, in what we're living in during these really dark and heavy times with everything that's going on, you know, I know a lot of people out there losing hope and, you know, places are getting shut down again and people don't have work and it's scary. And I know it is, you know, we've been through it here in New York and I just want people to just like stay positive and, you know, to look at it this way. Like if you do have your health and if you have your hope and you, if you have your health and if you have hope right now, believe me, you're a lot richer and you have a lot more than you can imagine right now. So just, you know, for everyone just to stay positive, uh, you know, uh, politically, things are going to change now, move in a different direction, not saying better or worse, but let's just hope to God that whatever changes are, you know, that are made can benefit us all, not black or not white or not this, benefit us all, all as one nation under God. You know what I mean? Right. Hopefully these changes are, you know, can, uh, because let's face it, 2020 was a pretty, uh, it was a pretty bad year. A lot of people die with the coronavirus and this, you know, this, but, you know, all kinds of, you know, like protesting and cop police brutality. There was just everything that I'm not taking one side. I'm not taking another side. I'm not taking any sides. What I'm saying is hopefully under our new leadership, we can come together. We can love one another. We can respect one, each other, one another. We can coexist peacefully and just, you know, Hopefully we can go back to normal again. Whatever that takes, whatever whatever political party can do that is the political party that I want. Whatever it takes to get back to where we were as normal as possible, where we can all love each other is, is what I want. And hopefully that can happen really soon. But, you know, it starts with the person in the mirror. You know, people want to say this one or this one, or this is the reason why. Well, this is, you can't control this one and this one. All you can control is the person that you're looking at in the mirror. Try to be the best version of yourself every day. A person that doesn't look at someone because of their color of their skin and, you know, anything like that. 
be the best version of just set that goal that you're going to be the best version of yourself every single day, that you're going to love people no matter what. You're going to try to help anybody no matter what and this and that. And I think if everyone concentrates on that and just you start putting those days together and then the next person and the next person, and then that's what we need. And then eventually it will, you know, it will bleed into all society and we'll have, a, you know, we'll have a much, much better time than we did this past year. Because this was, uh, you know, it was horrible, horrible that all the stuff that happened and just, it was just really bad. And I think we need to make some changes and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully they're coming soon. You know, that was, that was great, man. All right, brother. Again. Yeah. Appreciate your time. Uh, Thanks a lot. God bless. Hope you do well. Look forward to what you got coming out with. So. All right, my man. Appreciate God bless. It. All the best to you. All right. All right. Thank you, man. All right. Later, bro. Bye bye. You've been listening to the Dork Dad Podcast. Please like, follow, subscribe, leave a review. Thank you for listening. If you just say uh, a message now, or maybe we can give it to you later, uh, just something to tell my brother, um, that'd be awesome. Oh, you know what? Let's just do it after. All right. Let's just do it after rather than here. I'll I'll tell him personally. You know what I mean? If I can find him, I know he's, my mom kicked him out. No, I hear your brother. Well, listen, tell your brother, listen, I mean, it's a, the beginning is the hardest, but once he gets himself going in a different direction and he's going to see all the good things that comes from a different life. He's going to want to stay that way, but just to, you know, just, just, just to trust me, the beginning is the hardest. You got to get over that part, but it's much better that you don't have to live your life like that. Constantly figuring out when you're going to get high again and how you're going to get high. And, uh, you know, and if you ever need to talk to me, if he ever wants to talk to me, I'm here for him though. Yeah, I, I wish him all that. the best. And my, you know, my prayers, you, your mom, your fam- family, I know what this does. My father's dead, and the big reason is because of what I put him through. So believe me, bro, I know what it is. So I wish you guys all the best from the bottom of my heart.